hello, 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 and welcome to episode 33 of Break the Cycle Couch Streams with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I hope everyone's having a wonderful Friday night. Thank you guys so much for choosing to uh, stick around and watch the wonderful show that I have for you guys tonight. I'm very very excited. Uh, but let's talk about some sponsors. Of course, we have Lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And my main man, TopLobster.com, uh, the guy who does all of my thumbnails. He uh, he draws all my guests, so everybody who comes on the show gets a wonderful uh, uh, hand-drawn rendition of themselves. He also made this awesome custom uh, logo, Break the Cycle hat. If it will come into focus there, there you go. Look at that. Uh, also, this great wear the mask shirt and this awesome, awesome break the cycle pillow that is now a part of the couch stream set. You can bring this pillow home and have a part of my set on your couch uh, whenever you need it by going to toplobster.com and using BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. And of course, anthemplanning.com for all of your emergency and crisis planning needs. Executive producers of the show, trust me, they can do something for you or your business. Check out anthemplanning.com and see what they can do for you today. Like I said, I, we have a great show for you tonight. I'm super, super stoked. Uh, this gentleman, uh, I had been following him for a while on Facebook and uh, was a big fan of a lot of his takes. And I didn't even realize that he was uh, the guitarist for the Grammy-winning group Arrested Development and Fire in the Knife. He's also the 2019 Black Music Honors Award recipient. He is Mr. JJ Boogie, how you doing tonight? Sir? Hey, what's happening, Joshua? Oh, not Good much. to see you, man. Yeah, you too, brother. I'm, I'm so stoked to have you on the show, man. It, it was, I, we were just talking about this before we started. Uh, it's, it's really funny to me because I, I, you know, I used to stay home from school sick when I was a kid, and the rest of the development was like on MTV. They were like, there was like buzzworthy songs that they had on there and stuff. I mean, it was a big deal. And here it is, you know, 20 something odd, 20, 26 years later. And, and uh, I'm following this cool guy with this amazing beard uh, on, on Facebook who's got great takes and cool pictures. And he's talking about the Mises Caucus every once in a while and Liberty and all this shit. I'm like, holy shit, this guy is, is part of a band that has won a Grammy uh, that I've listened to probably for uh, almost 30 years, man. So it's Yeah, right on, right on. So, uh, you know, pe people might not know, but... Um, you know, just because you play in a big giant band doesn't mean that you have to hate Liberty. So why don't you, I, as I do with most of my guests, uh, yeah. what, what was your journey to, to the ideas of Liberty, man? Golly, that's a good question. You know, I, you know, growing up in a, you know, high school and all that, my, for me, it was like sex, drugs, rock and roll. It, well, the drugs came later, but uh, it was, you know, Women and music, I ate, slept, and breathed like music. And I was, you know, I was gigging, uh, you know, 15 years old. I'm playing in nightclubs. They're, you know, 21 and up and doing all that. So, uh, you know, I didn't really didn't pay attention to, to the politics at all. I mean, I remember, you know, when I first got my first car, when I was, you know, 16, flipping through some AM channels, just, you know, landing on uh, Rush, you know, Limbaugh and him you know, bitching about Bill Clinton or something, you know, but I, I didn't understand. I didn't, I didn't pay any attention. So I was like, whatever. And I turned it off. It didn't, he had like no effect on me, but I just remember hearing the voice, but uh, it really, it wasn't until nine 11 that I was just like, 
oh crap, I mean, like what's going on in the world? You know, why, you know, why is this happening? You know, so, uh, but it's weird because before that in the the nineties, I actually went to a libertarian meetup in Atlanta. My, um, one of the guitar players of my old bands uh, invited me. I don't remember who spoke. I don't remember who was running or whatever at the time. It was like a local Atlanta thing. We went at Manuel's Tavern and had a couple beers, hung out, and I, you know, that was it. And then I remember I bought a book like Libertarianism by uh, David Boaz. I think he's oh, a, I think uh, he's a, yeah, yeah, David, Bo- David Bowes from the from, Bo- the, from the Cato. He's actually. a Cato guy, yeah. And I read it, and you know, and I wasn't, I wasn't like blown away or anything, but I, I liked the name libertarian you know it sounded cool to me whatever but uh it really wasn't until like after 9-11 i was like you know started flipping the news on like go between cnn and fox and like whatever my roommate had at the time he was paying for cable <laughs> so i watched that and then uh i don't know how somehow i got turned on to uh thomas soul and milton friedman and so i started reading some thomas soul stuff uh and i was just like oh wow this is amazing you know it's like stuff on history and then uh, you know try to get into the economic stuff and um and then i watched you know i just started going down that rabbit hole uh and then i was thinking okay i need to start backing up like whoever the two party whoever the two parties you know you got the two party system like i need to start backing up whoever's the most libertarian and that's what I was thinking, like, okay, neither one of them are libertarians, but who is the most libertarian if I had to choose? And then, you know, sometimes in my mind, I'm like, oh, well, it's the Republican guy. He he talks about, you know, they campaign on libertarian ideas a lot, but they never govern on <laughs> as libertarians. You know, they just, they govern like, you know, Democrats, but, but uh, so I did that for a while and I was just like, this is useless, you know, and, you know, just getting turned on to Ron Paul and the debates and, you know, following him, and then, and then, uh, somehow, I don't. I started getting into. Uh, uh, oh, when I started getting my iPhone, when I got my, like my first iPhone and stuff, like, what's this app? You know, it's like I, um, um, the podcast app, and I'm like, what is this? You know, I used to just listen to iTunes as music, and then I started getting into like audiobooks. You know, I was like, oh, I could get Thomas Soul audiobook. Let me listen to it. Oh, let me get Keith Richards audiobook, you know, listen to that. And the next thing you know, I'm like, oh, I'm finding a podcast. And I get somehow I get turned on to, I don't know how. To, uh, oh, I must have got turned on to Tom Woods via social media. I just, somebody I was friends with saw him post something. And I was like, I'm going to listen to that. And then it just spiraled, you know, Eric July and Lions of Liberty. And, you know, uh, Mark Claire was actually, he was a, the first guy to ever interview me. He, like, you know, on Lions of Liberty, it was the first time I ever was interviewed for on a, you know, a libertarian show, you know, so like, I always grateful for that, you know, and, uh, and then Thaddeus Russell had me on, uh, unregistered. Yeah, so I watched was, that episode. Yeah, that was super cool. And, you know, everybody's just super cool who I met. And, you know, I talked to, uh, you know, just getting into the uh, Mises group on Facebook. And I had a couple guys like hit me up. Uh, it might've been Michael Heiss asking me if I would ever be interested in being like a delegate and stuff. And I'm like, you know, I didn't know anything about the inner workings of any of that stuff. And I'm like, I don't even, what does that do? Who, who? I was like, sure. What, what, what can I do? And then he told me some of the things I'm like, well, man, I can't, I can't commit to coming, going to uh, 
the conventions because a lot of times I'm on the road, sure. you know, so I was like, so I just kind of was like, well, can't do that, you know, but, uh, but now, and then I just, I just started diving in. I really got interested in economics and then just the philosophy behind it. I mean, I got a whole so stack of books is human action, man, economy, state, democracy, the God that failed, you know, the Machiavellians, oh, sure. economics in one lesson, you know, uh, uh, anatomy of the state, you know, I've got all this stuff right here. I just got Malice's new book too, Anarchist Handbook, you know, which is cool. Number one so, bestseller on Amazon now. Can you believe that? Isn't that nuts? Yeah, that's nuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it, dude. I, I mean, like, you know, as someone who's been fighting in this this realm this realm for the last <laughs> I don't know decade um, yeah at least totally since, at least since two thousand and seven I'd say you've so, been in the thick of it like really in the thick yeah of I it. mean campaigns and working in, in actual political action and and yeah. uh, to see as how far uh, especially even just just anarchist thought in general I mean to see that the the, the anarchist handbook is the number one selling book on Amazon right now just blows my mind. I mean, it's absolutely mind blowing uh, stuff. I, I couldn't be happier for the, the, you know, the movement. I couldn't be happier for Michael Malice. You know, he's going to be, he's going to, he's going to be so much more successful now than he was already yeah. when he was already so successful. So it's, it's really, really cool to see, man. Um, but shifting gears a little bit to, to the music side of things. Um, you, yeah. You're, you're an amazing musician. I've, I've, you know, after finding out who you were, I've, I've watched tons of videos. And like I said, I watched your interview with Thaddeus Russell. I'm a big fan of Thaddeus as well. Yeah. Um, in the last year, we've really been handed this, this tyranny on a, sel- on a silver platter. Right? I mean, it shut down. It shut down our entire way of life. Um, and and I, I believe that a lot of that was intentional. Um, yep. I think they want us kind of beaten and broken. And I've always mm-hmm. said that the state, the state only exists to grow its power. Um, the greatest, yeah. the greatest trick they ever pulled on us was uh, making us think that they, they care about us. They don't. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing they do is in the interest of, of uh, the betterment of society, the betterment of the individual, the betterment of your family. It's none of it is because right. of that. It's always about growing their own power, but you guys actually, uh, you actually, you're, you personally actually gigged, through um the my wife my wife and i yeah um i was in uh let's see that february 29th was my last gig with arrested development uh uh, 2020 we were in vegas and uh uh monica perez came out uh she flew out from la with her husband and a friend yeah she's great she's a good buddy of mine and i love her show as well and and uh, so they came out to the show. That was our last show before everything started shutting down. So I'm hanging out with her after our performance, you know, just shooting shit, you know, and hanging out. And and um, and then we say goodbye and uh, come home and everything shut down. And I'm like, what the heck? I'm like, they're serious? And I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is so coordinated. Like, I knew it immediately. I'm like, this is not this is not real. Like I didn't, I mean, I'm not saying like COVID's fake, but like their, their response is it was so over the top and, you know, it was just like, okay, it was just obvious, you know, what was going on to me. But, uh, but what was real to me was, you know, Atlanta shutting down all my gigs canceling. We were supposed to arrested them. It was supposed to go to, um, <laughs> excuse me, uh, United Arab Emirates two weeks after, 
the Vegas gig. And then after that, we were supposed to go to Europe for a bunch of gigs, all gone, all that money. It's like, that's my bread and butter. You know, the local gigs is just small. That's just for like chump change. Like, you know, I get some decent gigs around here, but anyways, so for the first, let's see the first, like three weeks, uh, we started doing, we started doing like all of my friends, they were like live streams and we hated it. I'm like, this is not, I can't do this. Right. I'm like, I can't do these live streams. I need to get with people. And uh, I started looking around on Facebook and calling around. And like, uh, I found this, like a brewery, like an hour and a half outside Atlanta North, like out in the country. But it was like this little downtown area that was real cute, you know? So it was like everybody from the country comes to the down, the little small downtown area. And they got like a courthouse, a subway and a brewery <laughs> and they could pull a food truck and it was a revival brewery, this small little family owned place. Beautiful. I loved it. The owners are super cool. And they're like, Hey, we're staying open. You want to, you want to come perform? We're like, yeah. So we started hitting, we, they started hiring us to come out and play. And there was like families there, you know, adults, kids, we would bring our own kids. We started doing that. And, and uh, they were about the only ones that were, that we're hiring, you know, we do that. And then we find one other place, uh, a winery that had like a big outdoor thing, you know? So we just started doing acoustic gig. Literally it wasn't, you know, I didn't have the band, you know, it was just me and my wife on acoustic guitars going through our little PA making a little money, but I didn't care. I just like, I just want to perform and feel normal and, and be, and it was like, it just helped me cope with the stress of having two young children and then the world falling apart, you know? And, uh, and then after that, we started finding other places that like, you know, out, out in the sticks of Georgia, you know, like, Hey, we're having bands too, you know, musicians come on out. And then there was a couple of places where like, man, we're doing a full band. We'll bring the whole freaking band. Like, you know, we're, we're doing it up and they still like, you know, there were a lot of places were still like, they catered to you know everybody's wearing masks except for the band and you know social distancing whenever they can but there were other places that weren't doing that at all you know there was other breweries that were like you you know people would walk in with masks as soon as they got inside everybody took them off and you got college kids and adults and everybody all crammed in partying hard like hey man we you know this is life is stressful and we're coming in here to you know to blow off steam you know and you know, it's just like, we want to feel normal. And, um, every few months I would, I'd go get tested to, um, for antibodies. I never got sick. I, I, you know, I take that back. I got sick when I got home from Vegas, I was, I was sick for almost a month. M my boss speech was sick as well. But a few months after that, I went and got tested for antibodies and it was negative. So it wasn't, unless the test was wrong, I don't know, yeah. but I didn't have any anybody. So I was like, okay, well, it was, it was just a regular cold or whatever, even though I was going through like big international airports. <laughs> and then, um, but we, we just kept, we just kept gigging, man. And, and uh, it was awesome. It kept me sane. And you know what, this year I, it, I grew as a musician as well. Cause uh, I put down my electric. I usually play electric and I was like, well, I'm going to play acoustic more. And it's a different beast, you know? So I had to, I don't have the sustain of my tube amp and my pedals. It's like, I have to do more with my hands. I have to, it forced me to play differently. So it really the, you know, 
I'm grateful in one sense that I, I grew as a guitarist. I became a much better guitar player than I was before, you know, in a short amount of time. I'm always striving to get better, but so that was cool. But, uh, but yeah, we made it happen. And then, you know, so there's still places, some of the places that we play in Atlanta, we got, I've gotten emails that were like, uh, you got to show a, a vaccine that you've been vaccine, vaccinated or you have a negative COVID test to come back and play here, like downtown Atlanta. I'm just like, Jesus, you gotta be kidding me, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't, you know, I don't know if I'm going to play that place anymore, you know, but uh, to be honest though, you know, I'm not anti-vax, but I didn't want this. I didn't want the COVID vax because it was just too, too new. There's no long-term tests. And it, in the way everything went down with the way the governments were just doing all these power grabs wor worldwide and shoving this stuff in our, down our throats. I was just like, I didn't, I do not want this. And, um, but it, I t it found out that I had to get, I had to get the jab or I would lose my gig with the rest of development, basically be because we're getting ready to travel and, and the, you know, our tour manager's like, they, nobody else wanted it either. They're like, we don't want it either, but we got to start working because we're all hurting for money, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was going to, I was going to talk to you about that. Cause I know you're, you guys are gearing up for an international tour. Mm -hmm. And, and I, it's got to be, I mean, so I don't think a lot of people understand how many industries were affected by this shit, right? Like, and, and musician is probably one that has completely followed by the way, wayside to most normal people that don't travel for their, for, for their band for a living. Uh, they probably never even really understood that that, that was being affected. Although I will tell you that as far as live stream music goes, I got like the coolest live stream of it, uh, uh, during this was, was for me was, um, uh, Post Malone doing a complete Nirvana set live on a live stream, which was just a and it was like Travis Barker playing the drums and like a couple right. of other famous people. It was insane, and he did it all in a dress, which was perfect. Uh, <laughs> but uh, but so that was there was some cool things to come out of it. But I mean, the music sure. industry was just grinded to a halt. I mean, live shows are bread and butter now. Live shows and merch sales. You don't make your you don't make your money off of selling your music anymore. It doesn't work like right. that. Uh, right. the, the internet has completely destroyed that. As a musician who's never made money playing music, um, I understand that you make your money from playing shows and, and yeah. selling shows and selling merch. That's where you make your money. So I it's 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 gotta be hurtful. But I was I know that you guys are gearing up for an international tour. Where are you where are you going? Uh we'll be going to this particular tour in September, well, we got a couple, we're doing a local show, Alzheimer's Festival, 11th Alzheimer's Festival in Atlanta at the Tabernacle on August 28th. Uh, but starting next week, we're going to have three weeks of rehearsals. We're going to be hammering out like 10 to 6 every day. Um, three weeks. I mean, we're, we got a new album uh, called Don't Fight Your Demons that we'll be promoting for the the uh, this tour. And we got a couple shows in Canada. Um, and then, um, doing a couple of us dates and then September is when we're like heading over to Europe. We're, we'll be heading to London first, uh, getting like an Airbnb there. And then we'll have a, a van and we'll be shooting out, going to France, going to Germany, uh, you know, Austria, you know, uh, I can't remember. All. We're, we're, basically when we're doing about, you know, 30 something shows, maybe 35, 36 shows. I haven't seen the full schedule yet like a lot of night after night stuff. Um, last time we did it, we do like, we would do like 10, 11 gigs in a row and then have one day off and then go back out. And, do, and it's like, I don't know how the vocals vocalists do that, but you know, so, um, but yeah, we'll be, we'll be all over Europe. Um, 
yeah hammered it out and and a lot of those places are going to require that you have a vaccine unfortunately yeah yeah and i was so pissed man i you know i had to think i'm like okay should i just quit my dream gig you know and get a go get a job at uh ups or amazon <laughs> like i don't know you know i'm like what, where do i you know i'm like what should i do you know i'm like i do not want to i i can't you know i don't want to you know i told the nurse i was like I was like, I do not consent to this. She's like, what? You know, you, and you have to sign, well, the forms are online. I had to do the thing online and it doesn't say like, you have to check this box in order to proceed. I'm like, it doesn't give you an option to like, tell us how you feel about right, right. <laughs> what you're about to do, you know? So I had to click the box in order to get the uh, appointment. And then I went in and she was about to stick me in. I was like, is there any way we could not do this and say we did? <laughs> You know, and I'm like, hold out some money. I'm like, she's like, oh, I can't do that. You know, she's like, I can't. I'll get fired. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm like, this is coercion. She's like, what? I'm like, I'm being coerced. I'm like, I didn't want this. I'm like, the only way I could do this, you know, I'm, I'm by job. I'll lose, I'll lose my dream job. Right. You know, it's either do it or you know, or lose my dream job. That I've been working. You know, these are my my family. You know, it's not just a job. It's right. You know, speech was in my boss who founded Arrested Development. He was in my wedding. You know, he's been a spiritual mentor. He's been a family mentor. He's been a, a he's taught me how to be a better husband, a better man, you know, a better father, the whole nine. Like he's, he's one of my best friends. So we traveled the world. We've traveled all over the place, all over the world together for years, you know? And so it's just like, I can't, you know, I can't give up my family, you know? like that you know so i i had to think because I, I wasn't afraid of getting COVID. even even when everything first went down i'm like they should have kept everything open i would have still toured during the whole pandemic i would have gotten on planes i was not afraid at all i was more afraid of getting the vaccine than actually getting COVID. <laughs> you know as strange as that may sound but uh but I, I got to the point where i was like okay if i if i trust god enough to go out and travel and, and not be worried. I know that I could get COVID, whatever. I just wasn't afraid of it. You know, my cousin almost died of it, but he had, he had some other health issues as well, you know? Um, but I was just like, okay, I trust God that I, that I'm not going to die of it, you know? So maybe I should trust him with the, with getting this vaccine as well. I'm like, either way, you know, I may get the vaccine and still get COVID, sure. you know, because, that's that happened with what five of the New York Yankees that got the J and J shot and they all got test they all got COVID afterwards. <laughs> yeah, what what uh what what vaccine house are you from, man? Uh, the J and J. You got the, you got JJ Boogie, you know. Yeah. Oh yeah, there you go. You gotta, <laughs> hey, at least you got a little a little coolness factor there, right? Yeah. Hey, well, that's the funny thing. Like so, so the J and J. What I understand, the J and J is more like an actual traditional vaccine. It's not an mRNA. So yeah, you know, but a lot of people had problems with that one too. But a lot of people had problems with COVID too. I, you know, we're we are uh, definitely not getting it in our house. But my job has been very clear that they don't they won't require it. Uh, I, I'm lucky enough to live in a state with a governor who has basically said uh, she said they'll they'll use uh, legislative she'll use legislative action or an executive order to. Uh, uh, 
to make illegal uh, COVID passports, right. which That's is awesome. really cool. Uh, she just made the she actually just made mask mandates illegal in the state as well. Wow. Um, so so Iowa's been pretty cool on all this stuff. I don't think you know nobody really talks about Iowa for anything anyways. So yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been, it's been pretty wild. But yeah, man, that sucks. And it is coercion, and it and it's uh, you know, it's it's really kind of goes to show you like how much. Uh, the government plays a role in your life because if the government, you know, hadn't said, Hey, you can't do these things. If you uh, don't get this shot, then nobody would require the shot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I'm seeing like musician friends posting this, this stupid meme with a, a venue signs like uh, um, uh, the vaccine is the gateway drug back to live music. I'm like, are you serious? Dude, like, Punk Rock disgusting. Bowling posted that. Punk Rock Bowling posted that. That blew my mind. Like, I, I'm a big fan of Punk Rock Bowling, right? Like, it's every year, like Las Vegas, some of the greatest yeah. punk bands in the in the world go and play there. And I'm going, you guys are like literally the anti-establishment music genre. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, we're going to do exactly what the government tells us so that we can play live shows again. And it's like, shut shut up, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, yeah. When I, when I, you know, when I got the, the, the vaccine that, uh, the, that night, you know, my arm was sore. I was tired. The next day I woke up with cold chills and a uh, 102 fever. And then all day I had a fever and I was just, just shivering on the couch. And then, uh, that night, uh, thank God my wife was home. Uh, the next night, uh, probably around seven or eight at night my fever skyrocketed even higher and I got, I was so dizzy. I started getting nauseous. I couldn't see, I couldn't sit up and I couldn't get up to go to the bathroom. I couldn't walk. And my body was on fire. My wife was like, Oh my gosh, she ran to the kitchen, got uh, ice, uh, ice water and a rag and was putting it all over my body. And I was just delirious. I was about to say like, call 911, like, Let's let's call nine one one because I'd never felt I'd never had a a fever like like that before, you know. My kids are kind of freaking out and, um, you know, and uh, it was it was bad. It was the worst fever I ever had. And um, the next couple of days, I was just really tired. But the, that following Saturday, my entire back broke out in hives, like top top of my back, both sides, all the way down to the top of my my butt was just bumps itching like just just flare and it's like you know and i had like some shortness of breath and i'm like okay do i need to go to the er and i had to take antihistamines i'm putting calamine lotion all over my back and i'm just like all messed up i'm like this is jacked up you know and then for the next several weeks i was just uh really uh just fatigued so my my symptoms were like it wasn't like just two or three days it was you know one week of really weird stuff, bad stuff, and then just fatigue. And that was about three weeks ago. And I'm I'm just now starting to feel like, okay, I could exercise again. Like I was feeling great up until then. I was like running and, you know, and after I got the jab, it was just like, it put me down, man. Yeah, that's not, that's not normal, man. That's not something that, that, you know what I mean? That's not, that's not life-saving. 
I don't think. You know what I mean? In my opinion, like you know, I'm 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 a nobody. I'm not a scientist. I I do have a, a, I did get a certificate in nursing. I went to school for a, a very right low level LPN nursing sure. where we had to study vaccines and pharmacology <clears throat> and and uh, trials. I mean, we had a whole class on on vaccine trials and drug trials and yeah. how they work. And um, so so when I talk about it you know, on Twitter and stuff, people are like, Oh, what does this guy know? Well, I know how trials work. And this, right. this, these particular drugs have never had a viable second or third phase trial. They just have, yeah. they've never made it out of animal. Uh, they, th- this particular one has never made it into animal trials. So they didn't even test right. it on animals first, but MRNA vaccines that these specific ones, uh, had been tried, not, not for this coronavirus, but for, uh, uh, the, the uh, stuff the initial SARS, SARS two. And, yeah the first right. SARS so yeah. the first SARS they used these uh vaccines in the first SARS in animal trials on ferrets and none of the ferrets survived so yeah. so I'm taking that information in and I'm going as as a healthcare professional who actually went to school for this shit there's no way me and my family are going to take this thing until there's some actual you know what I mean yeah dude I have a friend that works for the CDC in Atlanta and I called her up she's like I'm not I'm not taking it yeah Oh, I know so I'm many nurses she, and doctors. She's not even thinking. I'm like, what? I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Yeah. You know, and she's no right winger by any stretch of the imagination, you know, or any, you know, she's no Trump supporter or, you know, or, you know, QAnon, you know, nothing like that. You know, sure. she's just, you know, but, um, but she had, she had some other reasons. Um, but, uh, because she felt like they hadn't done enough tests on black women that were her age. You know, it was mostly white white men and women, you know. But and there's anyway. some difference there. And look, the government hasn't been uh the, the best to the black community when it comes to medical stuff. Let's just be honest. You know, I had I had this whole debate with somebody um online recently where they're like, Oh, well, yeah, they've lied to us about healthcare stuff in the past, but it has been a long time since they did it. You know, <laughs> and, I, and I immediately went to uh, I always my brain always immediately goes to the Tuskegee experiments because I mean they literally were giving black men and women uh syphilis and then telling them that they were treating it, but they were actually never treating it and they were studying their their decline and their death through syphilis and he goes yeah but this was that was back in the 40s i said it lasted through the 70s dude it it was a 30 year experiment that they lied to the black community and and this is all readily available i mean it's been admitted to and then there's been plenty of other shit since then um but in africa they would go and test the stuff out on Poor kids in Africa. Oh, first. sure, sure. And and the and the and the Bill Gates and uh, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation had a lot to do with that. And that's one of the reasons why so many people don't trust Bill Gates when it comes to healthcare. But also, uh, I have more education in healthcare and pharmacology than Bill Gates does. And Bill Gates is telling us that we have to listen to him when it comes to medical stuff. And I'm not by any means, uh, you know, a specialist. You know? Right. Uh, but yeah. but I, I also know I also know a lot of doctors and 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 nurses. I mean, I I've worked in healthcare on and off for ten years, uh, um, and uh, I know a lot that aren't getting in it as well. You know, and so right. it sucks to have normal people who don't want to have this, who do want to have bodily autonomy, uh, be forced into getting it to do the things that they need to do to feed their families. Yeah. Well, after a, a, a year of crazy election and everybody screaming at each other on social media and then having all all these uh, accounts being shut down and silenced, uh, now 
I get very little, like, I feel more amped up now. I'm like, I'm ready to fight now. Like I'm now I'm ready to argue, <laughs> you know? And, uh, but nobody, everybody's burnt out and afraid. Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is Down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts. That's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over. You know. Oh, yeah. So, well, that's what they want. They wanted us yeah. beaten down. They wanted us black and blue. People so are beaten down. Yeah. Yeah. That's Demoralized, cool. dehumanized, the whole nine. Take your, you take your jobs. You take your socializing. You cover your face. Uh, you yeah. take our, our this or you'll die. And and you know you're telling me stories about playing in bars, crowded bars and stuff. And and you know the normal uh, uh, blue pilled person who believes everything that they hear on mainstream media and everything that the government tells them would would say there's no way that you did all that stuff because you'd be dead. Right. And this is for a virus with a 99.97% survival rate for anybody under 65. They think every time you tell them that you don't want the vaccine or you don't want to wear your mask or this or that or this or that, they're like, good luck, you're going to die. It's like, no, no, I'm probably not going to die. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's it's really crazy to see the social engineering and the social conditioning that has taken place over the last year and how far that stretches. I mean, to from from the everyday blue collar working guy to the musician to the you know, it's it, it never really stops, man. It's pretty it's pretty. Intense. Yeah. And I, I talked about I talked about this on Dave Smith's show recently. Um, it's going to take an entire generation of people to wash out the social conditioning that has taken place in one year. There's yeah. no doubt about it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, my kids have uh, some of their, you know, their best friends who are like, they haven't seen in a year in person. They've only been able to chat via FaceTime and the parents like, you know, they still won't come over unless they're all vaxxed and we're all vaxxed. We're all social, you know, like, and then I have other friends that we're going to their house every few weeks and the kids get together and we, and it's like a normal Normal night, you know, Taco Tuesday, we're hanging out. They got the pool in the back, you know, uh, and, and it's it's normal life. Like, I want my kids to experience, like, uh, normal life, like, not, not this new normal. I don't accept the new normal. There's nothing normal about it. There's nothing. It's, you know, it's not like some natural evolution of, of that's, you know, cultural thing that was natural. You know, it was, it was forced, you know? And so I try to keep, we try to keep our kids as, uh, as uh, normal as possible with, with their life. Of course they're homeschooled. So they don't, <laughs> it's a little bit, they don't, they're not going to school like our neighbor, you know, she's walking to the bus at seven thirty in the, in the morning and getting back at like four in the afternoon, you know, our kids will wake up at nine thirty, and then they're done by done with their school and, you know, two or three hours, depending, you know, sure. and then, and then they're exploring and playing and, 
doing fun things the rest of the day you know yeah it's, so it's, it's been pretty wild for us too because my fiance has she was a homeschooler for a long time and so she's got a lot of homeschooling friends and all yeah. of the people in the homeschooling community are like this is all bullshit you know what i mean so yeah. they're all like letting their kids play and nobody's getting sick everybody's fine yeah. and um, yeah but now all the schools have reopened here they reopened several months ago and yeah um, now they the schools aren't allowed to mandate masks here anymore so we don't send our kids in masks because it's stupid to have your child in a fucking mask. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. But anyways, so, switching gears a little bit again, you, you brought up speech a little bit, and the speech is a pretty interesting dude, man. Like that guy, you know, yeah. and, 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 and am I, I, I didn't read about this, um, so I'm not sure if I'm saying this right, but it, it, Arrested Development winning a Grammy, that they were the first, like one of the first hip-hop groups to win a Grammy. They were the first hip-hop group to win best new artist best new artist that's what it was correct yes okay. yeah that they weren't the first to win uh a grammy uh but uh and i do believe they were the first hip-hop band to have uh like men and men and women you know True. uh and then they had an elder baba oj um and um another thing that was cool about uh they, i think they were like the second hip-hop band to have uh second or third to have like blend live instrumentation with uh samples and turntables and stuff so um that that's you know that's always cool too but uh yeah just yeah so it, they 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 were trendsetters back then for sure we did a show with uh, the black eyed peas in 2008 in uh, jerusalem yeah. right at the base of mount zion it was a um it was a peace concert so they had like uh, Jewish bands and Palestinian bands uh, playing together and it was for peace, right? So it was really cool. All these young people there trying to promote peace amongst, uh, you know, Israelis and the Palestinians. And uh, and then they had a couple headlining American acts, you know, it was us and and the Black Eyed Peas and just hanging out with uh, Fergie and, and Will I Am and the, the whole crew backstage. And Will, I'm standing there and he's him and Speech are just talking about old times, you know, they knew each other back in the day because they used to open up for Arrested Development when they were first coming up. And uh, and Will was like telling Speech, he's like, man. I used to want to be you, man. We wanted to be you guys, man. We were like, you know, we like based everything off of you, what you were doing. And, you know, it just meant a lot to speech. And it was cool for me, you know, like, man, because now we're open for them, you know, because they're, they were, you know, one of yeah, the biggest bands in the world. In the world for sure. Yeah. So it was, you know, so it was just cool to see them give, give us props, you know, and or give my boss props and for what he did and uh, what he started and the vibe of the, the band that, you know the positivity and and stuff and the joy in hip hop. You don't you don't really get to see much joy in hip hop anymore, hardly at all. Like our show is a celebration. You know, it's you know it's not like you know a lot of these newer hip hop artists. Everything's just so serious and just uh, monotone. And there's no audience participation. You know that that kind of thing. So, but uh, yeah, the rest of development's definitely a it's definitely a production. Yeah. Sure. And, yeah. the, and the instruments were always cool. And, you know, for me back in the 90s, like I said, listening to the band, uh, you know, I was listening to at that time I had I had moved on from just like listening to Tupac and, and Biggie and stuff like that. And I was actually listening to like uh, Bay Area rap like uh, 
RBL Posse, and I, I really liked hip hop growing up too, and uh, a lot of California gangster rap, Sibo, Spice One, stuff like that. So it was kind of cool to see this hip hop group that was doing this really jammy, like giant, like kind of uh, bluesy, funk, yeah, bluesy, like, very bluesy and funky, thing. yeah, yeah, man. And, and so uh, it's got to be so cool to be be a part of that, man, definitely. Um, and then and then so the the Black Honors uh, Award as well. That's that's pretty that's pretty big deal, right? Yeah, it was super cool. Uh, we get, you know, I got called to, we got called to do it, and uh, we did the whole red carpet thing and the interviews, and it was in this nice theater here in Atlanta, and they had, um, I didn't even know what all was going on. I just knew we were we were being honored. So I, uh, they brought out several artists that covered some of our hits, and then they called us up to uh to the stage so we we all walk up and it's all televised and uh we walk up speech uh does his, his speech and then Ishii she says her things and then we go backstage and we're hanging out and then you know they walk us back down to our seats and then um I didn't go to the after party I don't I'm, I don't drink anymore I you know I don't, I don't I've been sober since 98 and oh, yeah. so I don't you know it's rare that I go to after parties you know so but one of the other members of the group and or actually three members of the group uh One Love and then Tasha and Frida they went so they're hanging out and he sends me a text later that night he's like yo man he's like they got a they got a trophy for you and I'm like what he's like, yeah, they, got, they got a trophy for you I'm like you got to be kidding me and uh so sure enough uh uh, they mailed it to me and i I opened it up and it's this beautiful big gold trophy i think it's over there on the on the shelf but it's heavy and it it had my name inscribed in those black music honors and i was like i was so honored because you know i grew up on my dad had my dad played in interracial bands back in the 60s and he used to play in interracial clubs he played soul music he was a saxophone player. So all the records that I grew up with are like Motown and Sly and the Family Stone and Earth, Wind and Fire. And, you know, he had classic rock stuff too, but it was a lot of funk and soul music, Marvin Gaye. So I'm like, I grew up looking at all these records. I'm like, these are all my heroes, you know? So like, you know, torn with the rest of development, it's like the closest thing in the world to me torn with Sly and the Family Stone, you know? Sure. <laughs> Cause we're doing that funk, that blues and soul, it's all blended together, you know, and it's, you know, it's, and there's men and women in the group, you know, and it's interracial, you know? And so, well, at least it is now that I'm in the, in sure, the band. Sure. it wasn't maybe not in the beginning. <laughs> not the beginning. Yeah, well, actually speech is a little bit, he's got like 10% Irish. He found out doing the DNA test. So he's got, he's got a little bit in there, but, um, uh so yeah so it was just man it was just a super huge honor to to have that and and for them to recognize me as part of the group um you know because they could have a lot of times we'll get called to do interviews and like oh we just want original members you know or whatever and i man i love all the original members but i've been i've been in the band longer than all of them except for speech (laughs) you know me and one love one love is the other rapper We've been in the group since like the uh, since '98. They, the band was together from '91 to '94, and they broke up in '94. And I started working with Speech in '98. In 2000, I co-wrote a song on the on the reunion album. Speech went, he did release a solo album that blew up in in Asia, and um, and then uh, it started to become have a, a demand for Arrested Development again after, from his solo. 
career. True. So people were like, man, why don't you get bands? So he got a hold of Ishii and Razadon, the original drummer, and Baba OJ. And, and then uh, he heard me, um, He I was uh, playing this African guitar riff. Uh, it was me trying to play this African guitar riff that I had, you know, my version of it. And he's like, what is that? I'm like, man, that's just a standard little thing. He goes, man, I'm, he's like, let's use it in the studio, man. We're writing a new record. And he brought me into uh, Tree Sound Studios, beautiful facility. I was nervous. And, you know, coming in, there's, you know, Zay, Isaiah on bass. He's got this deep voice. He's like, what up, JJ, you know? <laughs> and so I got to go in there and teach them the parts. You know, the drummer Omar, who later toured with Mary J. Blige and Outkast. And uh, so I'm like with these great musicians and I taught uh, so, them. Side note, when I was in high school, I used to tell everyone that Mary J. Blige was my girlfriend, by the way. <laughs> but please, go ahead. Sorry. I thought I saw y'all together. <laughs> yeah, so... Uh, yeah. And that was the kind of the beginning of me like writing for the band. And then I was like, Oh man, I can I'm gonna work on some more stuff. And then I got into production, you know, and producing beats and, uh, mixing and mastering the records and, you know, and stuff like that. It's been phenomenal. So, but, uh, yeah, it's been great. Nice dude. So you guys got a new album coming out. Yeah, it's out. It's yeah. It's called don't fight your demons. It's already and, out. Yeah, and then uh, my boss Speech has also has a solo album out uh, called Expansion, and I'm playing. I you know did a lot of work on that as well. So two new two new records, and then my my wife and I have a band called Fire and the Knife, and that's um, uh, the roots rock type thing. You know, uh, she plays acoustic guitar. We have a full band as well. We do acoustic gigs, and we're we're recording a record right now. Um, uh, her original stuff and then i'm just producing like around what she writes and stuff so two different totally two different totally vibes you know i love it i love both of them though well that's cool man yeah. i mean you get you get you get the best of two different worlds right yeah yeah that's yeah. super cool man I'm, I'm super stoked for you guys i i definitely uh i'm gonna have to check out the new i i didn't realize the new album was out already so i'm gonna have to listen to it yeah and then another thing that's been going on that it's really been really cool. I've been starting to make music for a lot of uh, uh, libertarian podcasts. Right, right. Yeah, you were telling me about that. What yeah, podcasts so, have you done some music for? Well, uh, uh, Propaganda Report with Monica Perez. She was the first person to ask me um, to to write intro music, outro music. So if you've ever heard her show, that intro music um, and the outro music, I, I produced both those. Um, I did some music for Thaddeus Russell's, uh, offshoot shows that he loves. He wants to, he was like, man, I like it better than my registered, you know, I'm like, dude, use it for your, your show, man. It's nothing change. Change is good. You know? And then, uh, I started talking with, uh, Daniel McAdams, um, with the Liberty report with Ron Paul. Oh, man. And, um, and he said, they're getting ready to do a new set. They're doing a whole new thing and blah, blah, blah. And a new studio. And, and so I'm thinking, he's like, yeah, he's like, whenever we get in the truck, you know, we, we're riding somewhere. He's like, Ron likes to listen to uh, Frank Sinatra, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, cool. So I'm thinking, well, I don't, I don't really play jazz, you know, and, and um, I came up with something that was very conservative, like 70s news intro. It was very, I mean, it was good, but it was, a, it was a little too like Johnny Carson you know, and uh, I sent it to Pete Quinones. He's like, yeah, you, it sounds very newsy, like very 70s newsy. I'm like, yeah. And then uh, Daniel's like, yeah, I like it. He goes, I'm not sure if that's it or not. So I went back. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do something super high energy, like something that's kind of over the top with more urgency. So I made this other beat and I sent it to 
I'm thinking, yeah, Ron's not going to like this. And send it to Daniel. Daniel is like, man, this is interesting. And then he, he, he's got two teenage kids, a son and a daughter. And he's like, called them into the room. And they're classically trained musicians. And he played it for them. And they were like, we love that. We love that. That's awesome. And he's like, I think this is it. So um, they haven't incorporated incorporated it into the show yet because they're they're getting, they got new video guys. They're they're working it all out. So, but I'm so excited. I hope it I hope it all works out. So, um, yeah. So with uh, Ron Paul, Liberty Report, and I've done some stuff with a, a Liberty Lockdown guy. Uh, I forget his name. Clint. Oh, Clint. Clint. Yeah, Clint. For yeah. Um, but it ended up he ended up needing something else. I, but I did some work with him. But he needed something that was closer to what he already had. The hip hop. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I gave him some hip hop stuff, but it was a different sound. He wanted something that was more closer to what he had. But it was cool working working with him. And then um, I did the uh, I did the uh, soundtrack, the film score for uh, the Monopoly on Violence. Uh, documentary. Have you seen that oh, yet? You did that all, huh? Of course, yeah. I've, seen, I've seen that. If okay. you guys, and if anybody watching the show has not seen the Monopoly on Violence, uh, which yeah. was created by a, a bunch of wonderful people that I didn't even know JJ Boogie. Uh, was part yeah. of, uh, but also Pete Cononez and and uh, yeah. and God, my friend Vinny Marshall, who's been one Chris of my best friends. Yeah, yeah Vinny, Vinny Marshall. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with Vinny Marshall, he's been one of my best friends since like the ninth grade. Uh, we played in bands and stuff together too. So it was, it was oh, a cool. lot of really, really good people involved in the Monopoly on Violence. It's on Amazon. You can watch yeah. it. And I did, that was my first time doing a film score for any documentary or movie. And uh, so it went really well. I loved doing it. And uh, I, we got along great with all the guys. And they're working on another documentary on like the history of police, I think, right, or something yeah, like that. The history of police brutality oh, or whatever. Yeah. So um, they've already asked me to do that movie as well. So I'm looking forward to that for sure. So that's, just getting, yeah. That's getting those really cool, man. I didn't, totally. I, how did I not know that was you? Know, now I feel like well, you know, probably because on the the credits they they use my real name instead of my stage name. Probably what it was. Yeah. Yeah, it said Jason Reichert on the on the credits, and instead of JJ Boogie, um, which is fine. I told them to do that. I wasn't sure what to do when they asked me. I just like should I do Jason JJ Boogie or I'm like that's gonna be too long. I was like yeah, just use my real name, whatever. So, but uh, yeah. That's pretty cool, man. That's a that's a good bit of information to know for sure, man. So, uh, and freaking out all my normie friends, man, with all this libertarian. Oh, I bet. stuff I, now. Well, and, and working in the music industry, I mean, so many people <laughs> are either blue pilled or so far left that it's got to be it's got to be hard talking about it with people in, that you work with sometimes. Oh, totally. Yeah. I can't yeah. imagine, dude. I've 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 piped down so much on my personal page. On Facebook, most of my conversations are in the private groups, but every once in a while, I'll drop some gems. There's some great memes that I'm like, I gotta, I gotta go and gin pop with this one, man. And I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna go ahead and, you know, because part of me is like, I don't want to lose gigs, I don't want to lose work <laughs> by rubbing these people the wrong way, because I, you know, I'm friends with so many, you know, you know, the guitar player for, you know, Cheryl Crow and you know, the Zach Brown band and you know, all these Blackberry smoke and all these people. And, and, you know, and I've, I've gotten private message. where like, man, I love what you're doing, man. Keep it up. And, but they can't, they won't say things out loud. And then there's some of these people are like, dude, you're crazy. Like, I don't, <laughs> I'm not with you on that. You know, I'm like, it's all good, man. I still love you. You're still my bro. Right. You know? Yeah. It's, it's, unfo it's an unfortunate part of, uh, of being in that business, man. That, you know, the, uh, 
the the it's hard to be brave when you know you might lose your dreams you know what i mean and i think that's a that's probably a problem along the mainstream uh entertainment industry in general i'm sure there's a lot of people out there that feel like us that aren't they don't they can't be brave because they don't want right that's true but man just think like everybody is there's i mean from the day we're born we are completely inundated with propaganda like nonstop everywhere we go and it's a thousand times worse now you know, so it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to break through all that, you know? No, I agree. And it's, yeah, I mean, the information age has has made a lot of people very stupid. I mean, <laughs> just for a lack of a better term, it's made a lot of people really stupid. I mean, yeah, it's great. We have music at the, at the tips of our phone, at our fingertips yeah. all the time. Uh, we have all kinds of great information that we can read all the time, but a lot of it is is uh, manipulated and and made to make you feel and elicit certain reactions. And um, I believe that it's used to pit us against each other constantly. And, totally, uh, but it's the old old divide and conquer tactics and rule they've been using for thousands of years. But that's one of the cool things about music, man. I mean, and 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 thank you for doing it. Uh, you you guys transcend that bullshit. You know what I mean? Music is is really one thing that's still even today in this um, chess beating tribalistic team sport era of political thought and political yeah. action. Uh, music can still bring us together in one form or another, and so uh, I appreciate you, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate appreciate you, and I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So so uh, besides besides the tour. Um, and and the new albums. I mean, what's what's next for JJ Boogie, man? What what else you got going on? Oh gosh, what else is going on? Man, I'm just raising my kids, man. Homeschooling, trying to make my wife happy, pay the bills, mow the lawn, all hard stuff. Yeah, <laughs> pick up the dust bunnies from our Australian Shepherd dog and the two cats, and yeah, uh, no, I'm just just working on on new music. I mean, even even though we have new albums out now with my boss, he's already he's already writing stuff for the next album, so we're already working on the album after the one that we're promoting now. <laughs> he's all he's it's awesome. He's so prolific. He's so. He's always when he hits those uh, uh, um, inspirational times, man. It just oozes out of him, yeah. and it, and then it's infectious. You know, I'm working on guitar parts here. You know, my wife is writing new songs. We're working on her new songs. We, you know, so we're just constantly writing. You know, and but it's gonna be. You know, I'm excited and a little nervous about going out on the road because, uh, you know, I only wear masks when I have to. Like if I'm you know, if I'm in a place that where they're absolutely sticklers about it. So, uh, you know, I, I'm kind of freaking out about having to wear a mask on a flight for nine hours to London Heathrow, you know, about it either. cause I, I'm claustrophobic, you know, and shoot, man, something caught on my face for that long. You don't have to, you know, eat my food very slow, <laughs> eat your food very slow. Always have a coffee. Yeah, that's, always have a, that's, yeah. that's one thing that we can learn from Ted, Ted Cruz. Always yeah. have a coffee on an air on an airplane, and you're good to go. Yeah, we're going. Uh, I don't know if you saw that we were raising money to go to to Disney World. Uh, yes, yeah. And, stuff. and we're actually almost at the goal. We're less than a thousand bucks away now. Um, wow! And so we started booking the trip. We've got it booked. It's going to be in October, like 11th through the 18th. Uh, we're not telling the kids at all. We're oh, we're, right. we're going to get them on an airplane, fly them there, uh, get them on a bus, 
and then um, uh, tell, get them on the, 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 you know, the little shuttle to go to the, yeah. like, oh, we, we're going to a map store, but we, it actually has to go through the, uh, my mom did this to me, my sister and I, when we were little kids, we actually <laughs> has to go, actually has to go through the um, parking lot of Disney World, but we're not going there, we're going to the map store, and then it's going to stop at Disney World, of course, and we're going to take them to Disney World, and I'm going to videotape all their reactions and stuff, because <laughs> I want all the wonderful people who have helped our, our children uh, yes experience this to see what their uh what happens when they when they get to do this right um, and you, you guys are flying out like 37 children right yeah th- i think there's a th- 30 <laughs> I, I lost track no we have we have seven uh there's seven uh, uh, one of them one of them is actually my grandchild uh, yes that's but, awesome but yeah it's uh it's it's definitely it's been challenging but um all of us on an airplane wearing masks the entire time would be absolute hell and it's only a three-hour flight so i can only imagine nine hours and i've i've so the reason why i stopped wearing masks and i haven't talked about this a lot but uh at first when it started happening i was wearing masks i you know we had to wear a mask everyone was telling us to wear a mask work was telling us to wear a mask i got sick like three times um i got and and you know uh, i got bacterial lung infections i kept getting sick from from the mask and and people kept going well you're supposed to change your mask or you have to wash your mask i'm like i'm using different masks every day Every yeah. single day, I'm not using the same masks, and right. I'm getting these bacterial lung infections. In fact, I still am having lung issues because of the the masks that I wore a year ago. Right. Um, and so, and people, and people, I don't think people understand that um, because you know they're like, well, doctors or nurses can do it and do this and that and this and that, so you should be able to do it. It's like we're not all the fucking same, dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so, hey, man, that's pretty much the end of the show. But where can cool. people find JJ Boogie? Where should people be supporting you at and and Arrested Development and uh, yours, your wife's and yours band? Where can they yeah, we uh, uh, Arrested Development is adtheband.com. Uh, and then uh, you can just type in Arrested Development Music.com. It'll take you as, as well. And you can get the, the new album and past albums that I co-produced and played on and all that. Check out our tour dates. Come see us live. And then uh, 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 you can find me, JJ Boogie, on uh, Instagram and uh, Twitter. And uh, my wife's uh, band that we have, Fire and the Knife, we're on, uh, we're on Facebook. We have a Facebook page. A page uh, so, you know, check that out. We're going to be uh, releasing some new music this year. And we're on uh, Instagram as well, always promoting shows, you know. Um, so there's, there's a local guy that, that owns a, uh, 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 one of the breweries that I found out is in the Mises caucus, uh, Mises group in on Facebook. And he's one of the owners and we're like, Oh, eh, 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 you know, so I'm like, so cool, man. Yeah. So, but yeah, check us out. Cool, man. Hey, well, like I said, I really appreciate what you're doing. Uh, love the band. Uh, I think you're an awesome guy, and, and I look forward to everything you're going to be doing in the future. Thank you so much for coming on Break the Cycle, brother. Yeah, thank you so much. All right, have a good one. All right, guys, another episode of Break the Cycle in the books. JJ Boogie is just the coolest guy. Please go follow him. Uh, if you've never heard of Arrested Development in like the last 30 years, you should probably get on that. They're awesome, amazing stuff, uh, really, really cool. So go and follow them. Follow him. Find him and his wife's band. Support this man. He is a national treasurer. Uh, let's see. Make sure you check out Lorenzotti.coffee for all your delicious Italian coffee needs delivered directly to your door. Bring the taste of Italy home. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Of course, TopLobster.com just announced today he will be on the show the day after the 4th of July. We will be having a day after the 4th of July special with me and my man, Top Lobster. You can also get this awesome 
uh, custom embroidered logo. Break the cycle uh, hat. I'm trying to. It's not. It's not doing the thing. Uh, but it's cool. I promise you. Also, this wear the mask shirt. And of course, if you want to have your own piece of the couch stream set, you can get this awesome custom break the cycle pillow for your couch at home. We can all cuddle the same pillow while we watch my show. I know that's cool for you. Use BTC at checkout for a 10% discount. Uh, of course, anthemplanning.com, executive producer of the show. Please check these people out. Uh, see what they can do for your business. Emergency and crisis planning. They're amazing. They're doing a job that the government sucks at but will force themselves on you. This, this company will not do that. They will do it more efficiently and for a much cheaper price. Uh, let's see who we got coming on the show next week. Uh, I have this. I don't have the uh, graphics yet. Um, so on Tuesday, I'm going to have Davey Parrish from the Friendship Simulator. Uh, used to be the Burning Boots podcast. Wednesday, we'll have the chair of the Oklahoma Libertarian Party, Kevin Hobie on. Good friend of mine. I'm excited to have him on. He calls himself the left libertarian. Uh, so we're going to challenge him on a few things there. And then on Friday, we're going to have the man Adam Kokesh on. I haven't talked to Adam in a while, so I'm pretty excited to uh, see what he's up to these days. His hair's been looking pretty wild, so it's going to be pretty neat. Um, yeah, so I... Oh, oh and uh, if you guys can, please support the show financially, man. Check it out. Really cheap tiers, monthly thing. You won't even miss it. It's the price of a Starbucks at patreon.com backslash break the cycle js or if you hate patreon like most libertarians do because they're a little yeedy you can check out subscribestar.com backslash break the cycle js uh same tiers same uh perks you'll get into an awesome discord server with like 55 really cool people executive producers of the show I always dig into the Discord to ask for questions for our guests, so you guys will have a direct line to me to ask questions of guests that you know are coming up. Um, also, you can join as a member of this channel. I just got a file with all of the really cool Break the Cycle custom badges for all of you wonder peop wonderful people who are always in my chat, uh, Top Lobster Drew'em, so you will get to show off those awesome badges if you become a member of the show in your chat soon. Uh, I will see you guys on Tuesday. Uh, for my show. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. Due to legal reasons, I just have to explain. The lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse and the frame. But I just went in Minecraft. The helicopter part was in reference to. GTA 5 and the things you do So any violence you commit I am not an excuse Because I just landed in Minecraft Lord Chipper is my friend And he's constantly cold Accusations of incitement Getting totally old Make your own choices Yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process And a trial, of course And if you're convicted We will make you a corpse In Minecraft Just in Minecraft You're nothing I mean You know it No product is Cause it blows your code